0: good morning good morning sir how are you i'm doing okay how are you
1: i'm doing well you have some uh, exciting stuff in flight right now
0: (laughs) i do literally um an email just went out that i'm pretty stoked about so we built a we built an integration with close the crm and it's been kind of in the works for i would say about a month maybe a little longer had a whole checklist of items leading up to a nice, nice launch from both of our sides. And just saw an email went out from the close team. So I'm super stoked. Nice. Are you gonna be refreshing
1: Metrics during this call?
0: Uh probably. <laughs> <laughs> At least web analytics, you
1: know. Yeah, see, yeah. See what's going on. That's very cool.
0: How did that yeah. how did that come about? Some of the founders of Close are actually involved with Tiny Seed also. So like we'd sort of been swimming in that circle together already. And I had a chat with their team, gosh, this was about a year ago, I think, and we just sort of talked about like an integration could be cool. And it was like earlier on in the product, so it wasn't quite the right timing to like zero in on like a very niche integration like that. We were still kind of building foundational stuff. So sort of been on the radar for a little while. And then we just sort of restarted conversations in the last few months and said like, hey, I think... I think this could be, you know, the right timing for us to build it. And they became customers and have been loving SavvyCal. So they could also see kind of the potential of what of what it could be for their customers. And so it's very much like the ideal kind of integration where it's sort of mutually beneficial for both of us, right? Like I obviously want more sales teams to learn about SavvyCal as a product. And I think similarly, they want their customers to have access to something that, that natively integrates. I think most of the other tools are required to go through Zapier. So we're one of the only tools that has like a really tight native integration
1: with their API. So nice. Yeah. How was how was that? Was that tricky?
0: Uh, there were definitely some tricky parts to figure out, and so I felt like there was a little bit of moat digging with that. It wasn't like a wasn't like extremely straightforward, but I feel like really really good about how we how we got it set up. Like.
1: You've, you've done a couple integrations in your day. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and actually, uh, Taylor built, this is one of his like big kind of first projects that he really owned. But he also, you know, was with me at Drip and had built a lot of integrations there too. So it's sort of like sort of our bread and butter.
1: Nice. Taylor's the new, new developer? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice. Yep. That must have been exciting to have a project that someone else worked on take place. That, that so wasn't good. you? It's so good. Yeah. Is that not amazing? Oh, it's so amazing. I love
0: it. Yeah. I mean, I will say like just in general, this has been the season of life that I'm in just even outside of work has been pretty stressful and busy. I would say I am just feeling very grateful when I think about my work life, like very grateful to have a team that can keep pushing things forward and for recurring revenue, to be honest, like, (laughs) to have an engine that's that's spinning and turning and even when i have feel like i at times have my eye off the ball because there's just a lot of other craziness happening things kind of keep keep
1: chugging along totally that's so nice and the crazy thing is you could probably stop everything and it would not just keep going but probably accelerate yeah
0: right right i mean it's it's interesting to watch like sometimes Sometimes we do like something where we feel like this might yield a big spike in business or something and then it like looks relatively flat and then other times I'm like I haven't been you know I haven't been shouting from the rooftops on Twitter at all or really doing much build in public and we haven't really had any particular campaigns going and then there's just a big spike in metrics and like a bunch of new customers show up and it's like wow it's crazy how like uncorrelated those
1: things seem at times so yeah. It, yeah I, I love that sometimes you do wish it were clearly attributable to something yes like, <laughs> For what, sure. what did i do where's this coming from it's like don't worry about it it's just just keep doing good <laughs> things and these things will happen
0: yeah yeah in
1: unknown intervals Yeah. yep cool well, congrats on on the ship thank you yeah are you are you and taylor gonna do the shot
0: uh, we need to man i still have a bottle in my in my cabinet so i think we need i need to bring that to our next uh meet up for those who don't know we have a drip tradition that was taking a shot of launch juice and launch juice is this uh apple cider vinegar called fire cider that has like peppers in it it's like super super spicy it was just a little tradition we had at drip and it's one that i definitely want to carry over to my new team nice i like it
1: yeah cool what else is going on um let's
0: see we also have another launch forthcoming so this is really this is really kind of a launchy month of kind of the work we've put in (laughs) we put in for uh the last couple of months so yes so we have meeting polls which are live in everyone's account but haven't done like the big the big push for that yet
1: so Mm -hmm. yeah that was that was the thing that like i I sort of didn't realize you could disconnect so easily Mm -hmm. like i like shipping the thing to users and then promoting it later yeah yeah that's that's kind of a that's that's a nice move to have It's, it's good to remember that that's an option
0: totally yeah even companies that have a lot of customers it's sometimes hard to get the amount of like usage by inviting people to like try out a new feature and give you really good feedback like it's hard to get the volume that you want to feel comfortable with before doing a big push so i've found like especially when you're smaller like just just shipping stuff softly and and you know surfacing it in the ui for people and getting organic usage and organic feedback is like super helpful like i had a list of people who had said explicitly like yes i definitely want to i need this feature and i want to try it out when you when you have it ready and i emailed those folks and it was like a it was just there was a conversion rate on that email so only a couple people tried it out in the span of time that i was hoping to get feedback on so i found it to just be a really effective tool to just like just put it out there, and you're probably not actually going to cannibalize much, you know, marketing juice from it just by letting people have access.
1: So, yeah, don't tell anyone, but we're kind of doing that with the Linux client. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it is quietly wired up to the the app already. Like you can download it when you sign up for an account. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's an it's an open beta as opposed to a closed beta. Oh nice. We're planning on like holding off until like we say, okay, it's out of beta, it's a thing. Here's the launch event, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just it's not a secret, but it's not totally open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's in between.
0: So, have you? Do you have an idea, a sense for like how many people signing up are opting for
1: the Linux client versus (laughs) the Mac? Well, so we haven't gotten around to analytics for the Linux client. yet (laughs) Okay, (laughs) got it. So it's not zero because we see people, you know, submitting bug reports or saying they had good experiences or, or or whatnot. Um, so it's happening but okay I don't I couldn't tell you how many yet okay all right this is partly why it's not uh, ready for the the full marketing release yet sure yep but coming soon <laughs> nice that's exciting yeah you mentioned things like it's kind of like a, a rough season for you anything you want to get into not particularly it's mostly
0: just kind of personalized stuff that I can't really dive into but yeah it's I mean it's just a season where like I'm I'm kind of you know, needing to be a little bit less a little bit less attached to work and a little more, you know, like working with humans outside of work, I guess. and and so it's it's uncomfortable for me in one sense because I you know my normal cadence is so much like so work centric, I guess. like I'm married, but I don't have kids, and a lot of my, you know, I, I'm used to pouring copious amounts of my like deep work energy into into my business I mean it's probably a in one sense a healthy thing for me to to get some perspective that like you know that life definitely exists outside of building SaaS companies and it often it often deserves your attention more than more than your business at times so so yeah
1: I find that really tough though when like my personal life is stressful like when business stress gets added on top of that it just it feels super overwhelming
0: yeah I'm thankful that like it's it has been a relatively unstressful like season in business like you know growth is like metrics aren't like all out of whack or anything and support volume is manageable there's not a lot of bug reports like those things are definitely you know I'm glad that we're not like I'm not fighting fires on on both fronts (laughs) I guess you know there are times where I sit down to work and it's like wow my brain literally is having trouble computing the task in front of me right now and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show up and do my best you know and and that's all you can do sometimes.
1: You ship very fast and you probably have also like built up a lot of goodwill in the interim. So if there's like a slower shipping period, I don't think people will feel like overall like, oh, Savvy Cal is just sitting there stagnant. Yep. Yep. I would be much more stressed if
0: I didn't have Taylor on the team, you know? <laughs> so like if, you know, some days all I do is kind of get, get code review done, get, you know, do our standup, collaborate on, on making sure that like he has good solid direction on, on what he's building next and that's the highest leverage activity for me to do, I think, is make sure that he's, he's able to keep moving. So I feel good about being able to do that. Yep. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Well, I have some stuff. You want me, want me to go? Yeah, go for it. All right, cool. Talking to users is good. hmm <laughs> It's really good. And so like we, we do a decent amount of asking for feedback in like written form like via like surveys and tweets and emails things like that i hadn't had like a live call with a customer a little bit
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and as i was shaping the call urls feature that we talked about last time uh, i did some live calls with a few customers and it was so good it's just so energizing to to talk to someone that likes the product Mm -hmm. like in, in a way that i like duh obviously it is but i just in my head Talking, talking like live on a call feels like a little bit of a chore. It's like a little bit like eating your vegetables. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll eat the vegetables. It's not the most fun thing to eat, but I know it's really good for me. But then in practice, it's like eating cake. Uh, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And so part of it was just the energy of like someone that likes the product telling you so, but also it was uh, amazing to get lots of little extra bits of feedback that weren't the main point of the conversation. So, like, I, I set up these calls to discuss what we were planning on building for the, the, the new feature. And we did. Uh, but also, people would just offer other thoughts and, like, just thro- throw out other little things. And one of them was, like, just so... I, I posted that photo of, like, my, like, literally face palming on the call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because... So, I'm on, a, I'm on a, a session with this person. And he was like, is it possible to invite people outside my team to Tuple? And I was like, yeah, you click the add user button in the UI. And he was like, oh, what? And he was like, where, where is that? And I was like, it's at the top. And he's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't really look like a button. I never, I don't think I ever saw that. I definitely have never clicked it. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like it's, a, it's like, it's like a very subtle icon that has no, you know, hover, like, it might have a hover state, but it barely, like, doesn't have any outline. It doesn't have a label. It's like 28 pixels wide or something. Um, and it was like, that's the button in the UI that when people click it creates expansion revenue, (laughs) we make more money (laughs) and we have very subtly hidden it up in the header next to some other stuff that's not nearly as important. Wow. Um, so that's your fault, by the way. That's my bad. Yeah, I think I designed that. (laughs) You did design it. It's really, I mean, it's it's my fault because I, I signed off on it. It's my fault for not talking to, to users earlier, I guess. Um, uh, but so it was like, wow, like we're four years into this at this product at this point. <laughs> and like the button that you that when you when clicked makes tuple more money is incredibly subtle and easy to miss. And I was like, Jesus, that's it's it's amazing how much low hanging fruit there is. Like it's just it's so hard to make good software, but it sure gets a lot easier when you talk live to people that are your customers. Like he, I, he, I don't think he would have sent that feedback in via some other mechanism. It was an aside. You know, we were talking about something else. And he was like, oh, by the way, is it possible to do this? And I discovered through that random aside, like this sort of massive gap. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which was quite an experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, good. So that was, that was great. turns out if you talk to users, you will get good ideas for improving your product it's also fun it's like affirming and so i've been thinking i think we need like a tuple brain trust for the people that are kind of stand out feedback givers some sort like brain trust is my working term for it but some sort of uh small group of trusted advisors from a like product point of view like like passionate users people are using it a lot people that evangelize it that want us to succeed that give good thoughtful feedback that have you know good gripes that kind of thing i think i want maybe like six people you know not even that many and, and being selective with it but then involving them at like maybe the early like the really early phases and and often like here's the design doc here's the figma file you know here's the channel where we're discussing this like like you have people like just sort of continuously involved in the process
0: yeah interesting I know Stripe does this kind of thing because I will get emails. I don't know what their process is, but I'll get emails with like, hey, do you want to do you want to like review something super, super early for this thing? Like Figma level early. But I have no idea what their what their like process looks like for managing that or like how big those lists are of people that they tap. and and such. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think they do. They they definitely do that a lot. They definitely are lists. I don't know how it works either we probably don't need quite that scale, whatever their right. process is. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna yeah, guess divide by a thousand and then, yeah. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's just going to be, I think I'm just I'm just going to start looking out for the people that I feel like give really useful feedback and that I enjoy talking to and 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 see if they want to do this.
0: Yeah, so sort of like extending your, your product thinking to, like extending the amount of dog food, like your, I'm assuming these are all people who are regularly like using Tuple and have a sense for like maybe picking up on my more subtle areas where it could be improved right
1: yeah and just helping us make sure we built the right thing i think we've done too much trusting our own opinions to some extent like it's worked out okay i think the app is is good i feel pretty confident in my ability to make decent software but it's just definitely better with that feedback so um, i want us to get better about that i think that's going to be kind of a big unlock and i I just have just sort of stopped doing it Uh, we just kind of got away from that for a while and we still get feedback we still pay a lot of attention to that we're soliciting it in like various automated ways but it's that act those it's like that like real conversation you have and the showing people early things early drafts before you're like oh sorry it's locked in i wish it worked like that too but oh well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so are you thinking about like codifying this at all into any of your process like when when starting a new feature like include this as part of the part of the shaping phase or is this going to be more organic like go by feel
1: like does this one feel like we need i don't like codifying things into processes um just just uh philosophically i guess or sort of uh constitutionally uh just doesn't make me that happy (laughs) so if there were a document that said how to make a new feature in tuple i think we i would put this on it but I'm not that interested in that document existing for some reason. Hmm. Maybe this is a blind mm-hmm. spot. Maybe it should. Like if you discover well, a good, a best process. Tr-
0: yeah. Then it's just tribal knowledge if it's not codified. It's true. Right?
1: It's like, it's so, true. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Not saying I'm great at doing that, but I, ju- I, but I am like, this has been a point that I've thought about a lot is like to talking to customers thing because I have similarly like had great experiences with it. And I think one of the things that st- stops me from doing it more is like a fear that it's too unscalable or something, which is not a probably not a rational fear. You know, it's like I think I'll probably pick up something every time I do one. But it's always the fear of like, but perhaps not, and then I've like interrupted deep workflow for a call that didn't really yield much or something. Like, you know, there's always risk in in any in any um task we put on our plate, right? So I've been trying to think about like, well, I don't know, if I if I make it more explicit in my process, I'm like, no, you just need to do this thing, like as part of some, you know, as part of your flow, like and make it otherwise it's just gonna get like for me, it's just gonna get probably never get done. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or not not part of mm. my regular flow.
1: You think know. you'll obey the process doc? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I haven't tried. Yeah. I mean, I see that I mean there's there's good argument for it, which is like when you discover a good way of doing something why not throw it on a checklist to make sure you don't drift away from doing that good thing or at least consider doing the good thing and it helps other people know how the process works and can maybe take over the process for you. So I think there's, there's definitely some benefits to it. I, I question whether I would follow the process. all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, you're a rule breaker. <laughs> yeah, but maybe if it's like it's just a checklist of like good ideas or something more than a strict guide. So anyway, talking to users is a good thing. Also, you know what else is good? What? Reform. Ooh, yeah. Big fan. Reform is good. Um, I got kind of sick of Typeform. Every time I logged into it, it's, it seemed like the UI was slower. Like we have enough forms, not even that many. I have like forty or something, and like their like index page just like loaded so slowly, and it just started feeling worse and worse. And eventually, I was just like, this is obnoxious, and I went and signed up for Peter's thing. And we signed up, used it a little bit, and then we actually recently swapped over our most used type form to it uh, on Monday. And the process of like spinning it up and getting it going and testing it out was really nice. The UI was uh, surprisingly well designed. I felt like for a sort of smaller indie app.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be—I know this is going to be music to Peter's ears because I—I I spent a lot of time with him in the early days of him like kind of shaping the product and thinking about positioning and stuff. And like that was one of my early insights was that as as a Typeform user or former Typeform user, like it just every time I went in there, it felt like I was like creating a PowerPoint presentation or something. There's just so many elements that felt clunky and like, no, I just want it to look good by default. And I don't want to think about like all these little bits and the UI is like moving very slowly. There's spinners everywhere. So, like, those were some of the key insights early on, and I, I know it's going to be fun for him to hear that, like, that was that was sort of your path <laughs> to, like, <laughs> to discovering... Um,
1: Did he do yeah. the the UI design himself?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, nice. uh, him and him and Bjorn. Um, okay. I'm not sure what their exact split is, but he kind of
1: has a... He has
0: an eye for design. I think he does a lot of the design himself.
1: Well, good job, yeah. folks. Steven and I paired on that, like, I shared my screen while we were doing it, and it was like, I think we were both kind of like, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. And, every, mm-hmm and like it was one of those nice things where it was like how do we do this it's like oh there it is like is in the place i looked for it oh we need to do this thing oh yep okay there it is great nice we just like every, every one of our sort of trickier things we, we we found roughly where we wanted it and pretty fast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they nailed
0: a lot of the intuitiveness i think i've had that, that's been my similar experience and like using like arrow keys through things like and tabbing function like it all just sort of they have really paid attention to the details to make sure it, it goes smoothly. Yep. Yeah,
1: super so, nice. Yeah, kudos to them. We also just did a new release this morning. Mm, cool. What's in that? Um, oh, you know, some stuff. Well, first off, it's six megabytes smaller, which you love to see. Same product, but now lighter weight. Tossed like a half a meg of dependencies and then a bunch of other stuff, uh, which always feels good. This release actually is a... Big under the hood release I know i've spoken before about how we were building a cross platform engine that handles the heavy lifting for tuples calls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the goal was pull out everything that's not platform specific and then use that to run the call stuff on all of the platforms and then have a UI specific like a, a platform specific UI built for each operating system and so we pulled out this engine, but actually in the beginning. Only the Linux client was using it. The Mac client was still on its old kind of complicated together situation. But as of this release, the Linux and the Mac OS app are both running on the extracted engine. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. That's got to feel good. Got to feel good. It does feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of like, this is, this is like uh, the victory lap of... Mm-hmm uh <laughs> 18 months of work or something yeah this process started a long time ago
0: did this feel like a risky release since like so much of the under the hood stuff yes, changes
1: totally okay. <laughs> um yeah. the good news is we you and i are using it right now so far so good no problems we qa'd it a lot so we're still using a tech for qa they've been great we also have been dogfooding it for about a month internally all of my Tuple sessions, actually every, all of Tuple sessions have been on the staging build for about a month now. So I think we we, we fixed a lot of stuff that way too. But yeah, we, we pushed it this morning and like no new crashes called, you know, call stats are looking good. No crazy uh, support requests coming in. So I think we might have, uh, might have done it. Nice. That's yeah.
0: great. Yeah. I imagine that kind of change probably just, I mean, it only gets harder the the more customers you have and the more like features you have baked into the product. So
1: totally. Yep,
0: glad you guys got that got got the big abstraction work done now i'm sure that feels it's got to feel great
1: me too yeah no it it feels good projects like these where there isn't like an immediately user evident benefit those are always the ones you want to like just get get done because like yes we we agree this is important for the long-term health of the business or of the product but on release day no one is going to be particularly excited so let's get this out we pushed a couple quality of life improvements for webcam stuff, which is cool. Uh, still no self-view. Okay. <laughs>
0: so, Come on, man.
1: Although the, 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 the shrieking masses are, are growing in volume, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can, with, <laughs> can uh, hold them off. We will prevail eventually. But, but <laughs> it was always a, f- a few more clicks to share a webcam than I liked. Yeah. And so we've added some like, you know, don't show me this preview again functionality okay. yeah sort of like yep. default to my old my, the last webcam i shared sort of thing just a few things to, to save a couple clicks if you if you use webcam a lot so that's a nice uh, i'm glad to have that out there it was nice because that was like one day i was just like this feels like this is too many clicks steven this is annoying and i was like i'm just gonna make an issue right now and i just like wrote up what i wanted and a few days later we had it it all and if, i mean it was harder than i expected as always there are just no small features even when i think they're tiny it's it's crazy how like, like you know, the smallest checkbox or, you know, preference or something, behavior change is like, oh, what about in this situation? Like, oh, yeah, what about in that situation? Or, oh, there's just not an API that gives us this thing. What do you want to do now? It's like, ah, okay. So I thought it was going to be super quick. It ended up being fairly quick. But it's out now. And that's nice.
0: One little customer feedback thing on the webcam is, and I may have mentioned this in the past, but I feel like... About 50% of the time when Taylor and I are starting, starting a session, we just, we just do like stand-ups over it and occasionally sh- share screens, but a lot of times we're just doing webcam. I think when he often sees the preview, he thinks that it's shared already. So like we often have this moment where it's like, all right, hey, how's it going? And then like pause for a second and like getting webcams fired up. And then it's like, all right. Then we start talking. And I'm like, oh, it, it, uh, did you share your webcam? Oh, and you click the button. So like, yeah, just that okay. little like, yep. you know, just thought that gotcha. insight might be
1: helpful. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It, it's so the the preview is of your, of yourself, mm-hmm. which I think people associate with their screen share being active, Or yeah. their their webcam being active. Yeah, yeah, like because that's what people are used to. Like, oh, you share it and then you see yourself, and so you he's like, yourself. oh, I see myself, I'm sharing. Exactly, that's yeah. the
0: baked in you know mental thing. I think.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. That's good to know.
0: But until self view is shipped, I'll just click the little thing and keep my little, keep the panel open while do I'm d- talking to it. Is Is that what you do? <laughs> yes. Why do you do that? Because I want self view. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> why do you want self view? I just feel better. I just feel better about it. I don't
1: know, man. Why don't you, just put, just a, the- uh, why don't you put a mirror next to your computer and just <laughs> stare at yourself all the time? <laughs> Do you know how much less work you would get done if you had a mirror next to your monitor? You
0: should write a you should write a
1: KB doc. Um, I'm just going to why <laughs> tuple will never have selfie, and you're wrong for wanting it. <laughs> dot com. That's hilarious. It's just a
0: comfort thing with I, I know you know being accustomed to that from uh, blame Zoom. I don't know blame you know web conferencing for baking that in. But.
1: I think the the official excuse is that it's a comfort thing, but actually it's a vanity thing. <laughs> but. I don't know how much longer I can fight this battle.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is there is certainly an element of like wondering: Am I? Is my something weird with my hair? Am I out of frame? Like, I don't know. There's just like, that's where I think feel like a compromise could be just the little,
1: just the little one in the corner. You know, I'm gonna do picture that in picture. Yeah, we're we're gonna do the little tiny one. If people want it bad enough, if I don't if I don't have a deep philosophical objection, although I sort of do, I sort of do. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we'll do the tiny preview. I think that's the way to do it, and default it off. Apply a blur
0: to it. <laughs> can't you can't count your own pores in it? It's not that high def. You know, it's not four K. Uh-huh.
1: Just yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. Fine. I had a fun chat with Jack Ellis about enterprise sales. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you go on their podcast or? I did not. Um, okay. Although in retrospect, I wish it had been a podcast episode. Mm -hmm. Because once I got rolling, I was like, I was in the zone. It's nice to talk to someone a bit behind you in the journey you're on, because they're just like considering doing their first deals, and we've done a bunch now. And so it was great to be like, oh yeah, I've definitely learned a lot of things about this. I have like a lot of thoughts on this. It was really fun to share them, and it was good to have someone there to prompt me, like ask me the questions, and I'm like, oh that's yeah, that's an interesting topic actually. And it made me really feel like I wanted to make some sort of educational thing. It was just like, okay, I'm at a phase now where it's all fresh. And I remember the kind of beginner mindset and I remember the frustrations. And I think I could write the like intermediate guide to like getting started with this. You know, like from from beginner to intermediate sort of thing. And I want to, like I I haven't done any teaching in a while.
0: Hey, you had mentioned that like... Uh, maybe earlier in the year something i think you were talking about wanting to do more teaching
1: yeah yeah i kind of miss it it's an impulse that shows up in me and i I really enjoy doing it and it's just fun to create little producty things like i just that's just part of my my dna at this point i think so i want to do something i don't quite know what it is i actually got a little inspired when i saw nathan barry's paid drip email course which i think is kind of a cool model for a a educational product i like the thing where it's like oh there's x emails now but like i'll probably add some in the future maybe and like so i can kind of like write when i'm inspired and then like ignore it and it's like as long as i feel comfortable with the price being what it is for the emails that are there uh it's kind of kind of legit i think it's kind of a cool model for that sort of thing but i've even just been thinking of like a like what if i made a conference talk about this And then just gave it to my webcam and said, this is a $500 video course on whatever or something. That appeals too. Yeah. Do you feel like you would need to charge for it for it to be interesting? It makes it more interesting. It makes the annoying parts feel more worth it. I could see not charging for it and like putting it under Tuple's brand. Just like making a marketing asset for Tuple. I could see giving it away for free under me yeah uh, any any thoughts
0: just when you mentioned charging i was just, it just the thought popped in my head but i don't really have well-formed thoughts around it honestly i mean what are you primarily hoping to achieve with this is it to just to maximize amount of like ben knowledge sharing and goodwill put out into the world then i would say like release it for free if it's like well there are some annoying parts of this i could totally understand like the having some cash flow attached to it just shaves off the the pain of that a little bit so it's like it's like whatever you're optimizing for really
1: yeah i sort of like the money thing i mean why not side revenue is cool i feel like it ups the seriousness of it in a way or like i feel it'll make me take it a little bit more seriously like make sure i've made something really good and it's kind of like a nice score card where it's like oh i know this is valuable people are paying for it and not asking for refunds it kind of does position it nicely where it's like oh this is kind of expensive it's for people that would rather be programming but have lucrative enterprises reaching out to them who want to buy their SaaS in a complicated way and so if you do this right you could possibly make lots of money and so this thing should not just be a free article or something Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense and i think that's a topic that would be pretty interesting to a lot of people who are normally sort of allergic to the idea of sales
1: but like are leaving a lot of money on the table that is my target market yeah and i think i would niche it all the way down to that which is like enterprise Mm -hmm. sales for someone who would rather be coding Mm -hmm. i have this sort of like vision which is like could i make the thing that like in some wiki at y combinator they say if you start having people who want to buy your software for expensive things like go read this or like go buy Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. like it's kind of like the hacker's guide to doing this yeah yeah um what is the like could i make a really good quick start thing for people that are in that that situation Mm -hmm. like why won't you just go pay with a credit card this is so Mm -hmm. annoying (laughs) read read ben's thing and you will understand what to do with this yeah yeah maybe a weekend project i've always enjoyed side projects as like Play domains for exploration like when i was working at thoughtbot i was i launched a bunch of little things and it was just great to get practice doing stuff and trying things and what if i tried a weird pricing scheme over here or what if i tried a whole different approach to a landing page or it's nice to try stuff out in a low stakes environment
0: yeah that is true that is true domains for exploration i like that as a Mm -hmm. concept Yeah. yeah
1: cool uh speaking of exploration um exploring we keep moving around our enterprise pricing strategy and i think we're launching a v4 of it or something soon which is i don't know if, i don't think we talked about this but i think we're going to stick sso in the base plan
0: oh i oh man i think we talked about that a long time ago
1: like yeah. just yeah we're going to try it. Through it this thing where you charge people a bunch of extra money for single sign on and thus are sort of adding a tax where for to have better security, uh, they have to pay you more money, is kind of untupely. You know? Like, I sort of want us to be the kind of company where like that sort of thing just feels wrong. And so we're going to try not doing it. And so we're going to find additional stuff to put in that enterprise tier. There are some things that they want, um, like more, generally more control and auditing and things like that. But even, but I think for now, it's going to be, it's like, I think the basic breakdown is, if you want us to sign anything, you have to commit to this price level. We're going to publish our pricing, like we're putting up tiered pricing on the pricing details page for the enterprise stuff. It says in bold, we do not negotiate pricing. So we're trying just like a, this is the price. Here's how it gets cheaper as you buy more. This is the price. (laughs) We're not, we're not going to change it. If you don't want this or you find it annoying, you're welcome to go sign up for the other thing and give us a credit card and we'll happily do that. We're great with that. That's the deal. Nice. I mean,
0: do you end up negotiating on price a lot today or are you mostly hold to the, this is the price, this is what it costs?
1: We've of. gone back and forth. Sometimes yeah. we hold our ground and sometimes we negotiate. But I'm interested in trying to basically just remove that ability from Steven's toolkit. Just to be like, oh, I'm sorry, like I can't actually do that. My CEO says no. And just see what that, that does. Now, I think, to be clear, I'm not necessarily endorsing this approach for everyone. First of all, it's an experiment. Second of all, it almost certainly leaves money on the table. It's probably not the revenue maximization strategy. But it feels too bully. <laughs> I like that it's kind of like, we'd rather not really sign custom legal agreements with lots of companies it makes the business more complicated we have to hang on to all these contracts and continue to follow them as long as they're in force so it's like every time we sign one of them it's like okay this is more administrative headache effectively sure making more money is nice but it's really more like we almost are trying to disincentivize this approach because it's not what steven wants to spend his time on necessarily it's not what we want to how we want the company to be affected um so
0: Yeah, it's like you're selling to enterprises and and accommodating their needs for like audit logging and things like that so that they so that's not a blocker to their team being able to use it. But you're not really interested in the whole like name a high price and always negotiate down off of it type of approach of sales like that's yeah.
1: And again, that probably is not ideal. Um, Probably better to like name a really high price and then negotiate. Yeah, Um, I think. But we'll see.
0: But I would agree that feels your, the, the approach you're describing feels more tupely. and tuple's got a tuple, you know?
1: Yeah. And that that's like a thing that's, I've started saying, like we've been starting saying, it, and I, I sort of dig it as a thing. Like it feels like we're fleshing out our values in, in form. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, is this tupely? And it's like, we sort of think I have this amorphous definition of what that means. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like honing in on it. And that feels mm-hmm. really good to me. Before you know it, you're gonna have mission, vision, and values uh-huh. plastered uh-huh. all over your walls. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that's coming. I think. I think we eventually. I think over time, we figure out what is Tupoli and then we write it down. Yeah, there's a reason why companies do it. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Yep. I think we're as at long that as phase. you do it
0: authentically, you know, and like it feels like it's emergent from the way you guys operate, and not this thing where you're trying to yeah. like, yeah, you know, go exactly. Back
1: and and it feels actually like a value or a principle because it's going to cost us money. Yeah, and reasonable people could take the other side of it right <laughs> it's not like we we should make great software yeah um, like, duh. <laughs> it, yeah exactly it's like yeah. there are multiple ways to build a company mm-hmm. and several of them are valid and we're choosing this one because of this reason and we could make more money for example if, if we were optimizing for money we could pick a different one and it would make sense still so yeah I kinda, i'm kind of digging it it always felt crappy when someone would be like hey we want to turn on sso for a thing and we'd be like oh yeah no problem we're just gonna charge you twice as much and they'd be like what and we'd be like, yeah, we know. <laughs> we're adding one, one carrot to the enterprise pricing thing, which is active user pricing. So, which makes sense. So if you're an if you're enterprise and you have a lot of users, it's sort of a pain to go in and trim out people. Um, oh, this person's not active anymore. Oh, this person hasn't used it in a while. Oh, they left the company. Definitely a pain, the bigger you are. And so we're building in a thing where if someone hasn't used Tuple for, I think, 90 days will like just like deactivate their thing and stop billing you for them yeah which i think pairs well with like the higher price it's like we're charging you more but only for people that are really using it and removing this administrative burden from you feel pretty good about it nice it's it's a little scary yeah (laughs) It's, (laughs) it's like so we're building a revenue contractor Mm-hmm. next to our revenue expander mm-hmm. but but really that's just you know it's fake revenue it's zombie revenue yeah and it doesn't make it's, anybody feel good to you know be like oh this person hasn't used it in you know forever and we've been charged for right getting charged for them that's not
0: yeah and what's the harm to you know goodwill and yeah increased churn risk and all that yeah
1: like and, and and reluctance to like um invite a lot of people yeah right yeah. like it's if you post this like the sign up link in your public Slack channel and might have like a thousand developers follow it. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna have to stay on top of that mm-hmm. and actually go through and make sure they're blah blah blah? Like that's, that's yeah. kind of annoying. Yeah. So this is, I feel good about throwing that that in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's good. Yeah. Feels stupidly mm-hmm. Co- costs us money most likely, mm-hmm. but is mm-hmm. like feels feels like the right thing to do there. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Plus, it, and it, it I think like it aligns our incentives more where it's like we or, or, it, or it sort of helps light the fire under us which is like idle idle users are you know should be felt as pain to us and this just makes it more direct like oh yep that is pain there's no uh no less slack in the system to just be like oh well they didn't really notice that this person wasn't using it so mm-hmm. yeah yep. Yep.
0: cool i like it yeah so that's that all right cool you want to wrap it let's wrap it uh notes of the show notes of the show can be found at art of product podcast.com. thanks for listening see ya